The number one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. That precious metal advisor, the investor kit, all the information on using your RSP and other registered funds to get some uh, precious metals, physical metals into your account, get them switched over. It's very simple. Just talk to our pal Franca, and uh, we'll get into that a little later on. Uh, Darren, she's a, she's a good gal. But first, want an update from you. What is going on this week? It's happening, John. We are busy, busy, busy. I'll tell you, I was in the office last night as we record the show on Thursday till about 10 o'clock. Franco was there. We had a ton of clients in the office trying to open up accounts, uh, our Quest Trade registered accounts, and it was a late one. And uh, with respect to the market where we're at, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be because, of course, people are finding that gold and silver right now are good value. You're getting a lot of value here, and we hope as we do for every client, that there can be some type of break in pricing. But the truth is we're very comfortable where we are range-wise. Silver year-to-date up about 13.7% as we tape this show. Gold up about 8.4%. And, of course, among the top 10 in leaders of total uh, gains this year-to-date in commodities, which is excellent, palladium right now up 18% year to date. Here we are in April and already 18% gain. So against the backdrop of what else is out there, there are some great, great things happening in the metals. And we're going to talk this week about a couple of things. Number one, we're going to talk about types of accounts at Guildhall, a little bit more of an expanded explanation on a couple of different new accounts that we're going to be offering. Two, we're going to bring up an article, again, that we think is very, very pertinent to where we are. It's an article by a colleague named David Thorpe of a group uh, called What Investment, and it's a bunch of information that was composed by a commodities fund manager at Schroeder's called James Luke on why now is a good time to invest in gold and silver. In addition to that, we're going to spend a little time talking about something that you know very well Mm -hmm. and we're excited to announce has uh, sold tentatively to an Asian buyer. Uh, It is the Pink Star Diamond, a 59 plus carat internally flawless pink diamond, one of the uh, most incredible and beautiful sites you'll ever lay your eyes on and the highest price ever paid for a diamond in the history of diamond auctions. So a very interesting show indeed, and we'll get started with uh, welcoming the new clients to Guild Hall. If you're a client and you became a client this week, we want to open you with welcome arms and say uh, from our family to yours, thank you for coming in. There were a number of you in gold, silver, and fancy colored diamonds. And right off the top, as we were saying, Jeremy, there was an instance this week where we had mentioned a very important, uh, albeit fairly short, article written by myself about the Argyle Mine Ore Reserves in Western Australia. And of course, we were basically saying that once ore reserves get depleted to a certain point, Uh, mine longevity can no longer exist, in which case, unless they find new deposits or new geography, it is more than likely that a mine will come to the end of its its existence. Now, for Pink Diamonds, everybody knows the importance of that. And, of course, Argyle Diamonds, they make, you know, nine out of every ten Pink Diamonds that come out of the ground just happen to be Argyles. So that's pretty important. And a client was listening to that show, decided to call up, Uh, came into our office and on the heels of listening to that and getting the article, what happened? He bought his first pink diamond. So congratulations to that client as well. Yeah, you know, he he looked at the information that we were providing in terms of just looking at some of the fundamentals and understanding that mines do have a lifespan. And right here we're talking about pink diamonds and, you know, it's very difficult to get your hands on high quality pink diamonds. And when we say high quality in the pink diamond world, we have to understand that pink diamonds tend to be smaller in nature and clarities tend to be lower in nature. So, you know, even though blue diamonds are more rare than pinks, you see a lot higher clarity grades. So in pinks, you don't see as much higher clarity grades. So case in point, you know, you'll see at the Argyle Tender, you'll see a few diamonds that are over one carat. 
oftentimes the clarity on them are very, uh, I don't want to say poor, but they can be SI, which means you can see with the naked eye all of the inclusions. They could even be I1. What makes those diamonds important in particular is that it's they have very strong color and they happen to be very large. So, you know, you have to know the rules in order to understand why you're breaking them. But at Guildhall, what's important for us is that any pink diamond uh, at this point in the, in the market that we're looking to acquire and, and assist our clients to get involved in have to be at least VS quality. And a VS quality, for those who don't know, are generally what you're going to get at a jewelry store for white diamonds when you go in. It's called eye clean. So the idea here is that you're not seeing the, the inclusions with the naked eye. But that said, those diamonds are very, very difficult to acquire, especially in strong color, saturated colors. And, you know, we're talking about the, the Argyle mine and its potential of life, lifespan. But, uh, you know, last year, the Ellendale mine out of- What potential lifespan? There is none. That mine's going to close. Eventually. Absolutely. Sooner than later. Right. And, Go on, and, though, But me. you have to get the article- yeah, from absolutely. Us have to, to see right. the which charts. is still available, still available. So absolutely. you can contact 100%. us at guildhallwealth.com and we'll provide that for you. But, you know, in the yellow diamond market as well, the Ellendale mine also in Australia was one of the Huge. was one of the largest producers of yellow diamonds where, you know, these were two very and the Argyle being still existing, but two mines in particular that happened to have a lot of colored diamonds. Their prime Prime resource is white diamonds, though. It's not that That's they really were a yellow co- right. color diamond mine or a pink color diamond mine. When you're talking about less than 1% or less than a tenth of a percent of your production, it doesn't mean you're out there looking for pinks. You just happen to, to, to have them there. Right. So we have seen a mine close that was specific for yellow diamonds. So we do see, obviously, in the future, you're, you know, unless they come up with something major, which takes a long time in terms of a mine, which takes a long time to ramp up. You're looking at a very limited supply of natural fancy colored diamonds, which is the case overall. I mean, we did some some math this week on colored diamonds, Darren, you and I. We were looking at, at intense yellows, 50 a year, between one and three carats That's at it. most, in between one and three carats, the internally flawless level. That's a, not a lot of diamonds. And if you think about how many things in the world that you can only get 50 of in a year, you start to say, okay, I, I can understand the rarity of these things and why people are holding on to them. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's one of the most important points, John, to be honest with you. If you think about what's happening in this market, we have long uh, been proponents of making sure people are well aware that this is one of the best kept secrets in the investing universe. And by best kept, I don't think it was something that was done on purpose. It's a misunderstood marketplace. It's a misunderstood uh, opportunity. And because of its dissimilar nature to what you get in a stock or a performance mutual fund or something of that nature, and because people are relatively scared about things they know nothing or little about, it's remained a best kept secret. Now I'll tell you something in comparison to what we saw when we first started talking about colored diamonds on this show in 2008, we used to be able to talk about, uh, an auction, let's say any type of diamond back then, uh, the Wittlesbach, a big blue diamond back then. And most people wouldn't have the slightest clue what it is. We talk about it. And if you type that into Google, you'd see a handful of resources that would come up and a number of news reports. So the auction would be held by Sotheby's, Christie's, of course, the two big major auction houses in the world that will house these types and sell and auction these types of diamonds. And of course, you'd get a listing of, you know, updated news on Google about this after the weekend. You'd read four or five of those reports. Now, the mainstay of those reports were coming from Rappaport and Mining.com and industry standard reports that us in the diamond industry know well about. I want you, if you're near a computer, to just take two seconds of your day, your phone, your computer. I want you to go to Google and I want you to type in pink star diamond. And then at the top, there are five or six tabs. They say all images, shopping, video, news, and more. Select the news tab and see where they're talking about this. I just did that as we're taping the show right now. And here are the first number of postings where people have posted an article about this pink star diamond, national post, global news, 
BBC, Breitbart, uh, Wilkes Bar Times Leader, Toronto Star, Belfast Telegraph, The Sun, The Globe and Mail, Reuters, The Times, Reuters again, Washington Post. I mean, the list goes on. That's telling us or giving us some sense that unless those uh, publications felt that this was of interest to their readers, they're not going to publish this information because it's meaningless. But this is now becoming part of the more mainstream culture. The people that are coming into our office to invest in natural fancy colored diamonds are no longer the people that are very, very removed or, or very wealthy or just people that knew about colored diamonds prior to this. They're moms and dads, they're teachers, they're lawyers and dentists and doctors coming in because what they have in their portfolios is making them diddly squat. What they have in terms of their total money invested in these markets is doing nothing for them except for provide a sleepless night. And that's where colored diamonds are totally different. It's also tweeting, uh, uh, pardon me, it's trending on Twitter. I just looked at it, as you mentioned, NPR, CNN, uh, APF News, Reuters, Gerald Salente is favoring it. I mean, it's all over. You can't, it's, it's everywhere, right? So, uh, so you're, you're exactly correct. One eight seven seven eight silver is the uh, is the number, and guildhallwealth.com, guildhalldiamonds.com, by the way, you want to see the collection, Jeremy. And, you know, this, this auction was very important. We talked about it a few weeks ago leading into it, the fact that was it going to break a record? We know that uh, the person who wanted to buy it a couple years ago, who was a cutter, you know, didn't actually have enough money to, to pay for it. So uh, it went back up on the auction block. And whether or not it broke a record was going to be very important to the market because we have seen over the last few years that the art market did soften quite a bit. And we do know as well, and and we we have this in our our Argyle book where it compares the art market to pink diamonds, that pink diamonds have been a lot, uh, well, there's no volatility in pink diamonds, but the art market can be more volatile than than natural fancy colored diamonds. And so it was a very important auction for the market in that sense. And of course, it did break a record. It didn't, it didn't get what it what it was supposed to get a few years ago, but it was still a record breaker over 70 million. But it's not the first record breaking auction we've seen in colored diamonds, but definitely a very important one. So if you look at this from a logical perspective, you say as a buyer, I'd like to know more. It's very simple. Let's get in contact with Guildhall to start. It's one of the avenues we have for you to spend your hard earned dollars to put them to work. The other avenues that we didn't discuss much and that we're going to get into in the second, third segments are metals, gold, silver, and uh, of course, palladium and platinum. If you want to buy from Guildhall, it's very simple. You can walk in off the street, give us a phone call and pick up some gold, Mm -hmm. silver, sit down, have a conversation about owning a natural fancy colored diamond. If you'd like to store your metals, we have that option for you. If you'd like to have your metals in a registered account, a TFSA or an RRSP, share some of the RSPs you already have. Bring those over to Guildhall with Quest Trade. We can do that for you. You have a locked in or a spousal, a lira. We can also put metals in those accounts uh, as well. So when we get back in the second segment, we'll talk more about ownership. We'll talk more about the ways to buy through Guildhall. And we'll shed a little more light on exactly what happened at this auction with the 59.6 carat pink star. One eight seven seven eight silver is that number, guildhallwealth.com. All the information, including the investor kit, the precious metal advisor, is there as well. Lots more of the Real Money Show coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. one eight seven seven eight silver online, guildhallwealth.com. That precious metal advisor and the investor kit all uh, available for you to keep. Gain some more knowledge, uh, natural fancy colored diamonds, some information there as well, and how to use your registered accounts to get uh, physical metals in there uh, right away. Darren, take away. Well, we said before we went to break that we were going to talk a little more about the diamond that just sold this past week. It was a 59.6 carat pink diamond. It was the uh, pear shape or a teardrop as some of the uh, other parts of the world refer to it as. It sold for 71 million US dollars. It was bought by Hong Kong based uh, jewelry uh, empire, Chow Tai Fook, uh, which outbid two other telephone buyers. Uh, This uh, jewelry empire was founded in 1929, and they own a chain of jewelry shops in China. It's one of the world's largest jewelers. And uh, just last month, this same jeweler, the Chow Tai Fook uh, 
conglomerate acquired Alinta Energy Holdings, which is an Australia-based energy company for about $3.1 billion, which was reported by Bloomberg. So this Chow Tai Fook is very active, and they're rated right now in Forbes' list uh, of Asia's, of Asia's uh, fabulous 50 companies uh, as one of the 50 best. So this is an interesting thing to talk about because, of course, this was not an individual. This was an entire firm, a company, a global name that acquired this as what I would assume would become the centerpiece of what they're going to show as available pieces. And I highly doubt that this diamond will be sold anytime in the foreseeable future. In fact, I would probably hesitate to guess that unless this company underwent some type of financial ruin, this will remain in the company for decades, if not longer, before it gets sold again. However, I would note that this did break a new record. And there is a very important point to be made about that specifically. What I find really interesting about it is, yeah, you know, look, it, companies don't buy a diamond like that. Companies, not necessarily individuals, companies don't buy the this sort of asset because they're looking for potential buyers on that asset. I'm sure that would be a nice surprise if they could get a private private seller. And, uh, you know, I remember we had a Eden Rachmanoff on the show who wrote the book on colored diamonds. And, and he said, look, you know, the amount of auctions that you see, those are great, but they're nothing compared to the records being broken in back rooms. Uh, really? Yeah, with with diamond dealers uh, selling diamonds, because usually uh, an auction is a last resort. But again, what's interesting about this, though, is that holding an asset like a colored diamond, especially a super quality, um, very rare, um, something like this is not only going to hold its value, but it is like buying art. You know, you could have a law firm that has a Gauguin. Mm-hmm. You could have a law firm that right. has a natural fancy pink diamond. Why not have that as part of the art collection overall? Something like this um, and also any tender diamond. You know, if, you have a, if you're a company that, that is looking for ways to invest and you have a tender diamond as part of that business portfolio... I mean, these things have never dropped in value. They just keep rising. Every year when we go to tender, we start the bidding 30% higher than where we were last year. And we're not the only ones. We're joined by another 200 diamantiers all doing the same thing. And you've got, you know, in this case, 200 diamantiers chasing 50, 60 diamonds. A thimbleful, like it's like nothing. Yeah. Right. So this is, this is a good move for a business to, to own natural fancy colored diamonds. And if you think about the, the jewelry business overall, white diamonds aren't necessarily holding value. So it's not as if you have assets in inventory that are gaining all the time, but something like this definitely can offset the books in that regard. I bet you if you come back in 15 years, if we're still hearing that diamond came up, that pink star, you'll look, you'll look back at this time and go, man, was that thing a bargain back then? I bet you it'll be a, an insane price in a decade. Well, listen, the only comparables we have in terms of what has happened in the past uh, happen to be the in the blue diamond market. And again, I'd have to look this up as to the specific year it occurred. But in times gone past, in the last couple of decades, we had a major change in the available amount of blue diamonds coming out of the ground, particularly in South Africa. And when that occurred, by some estimates of experts and analysts in the diamond industry, Blue diamonds rose in 36 months post uh, that mine closing by about 500%. So ultimately, it takes a level of already rare and moves it into super rare. And when we talked earlier about that Argyle mine, this is the same thing that can be said about pink diamonds. It's amazing to see that a a diamond like this, the pink star, so big, 59.6 carats. It's not the largest pink in the world. The largest is actually over 100 carats. But that diamond is owned by uh, Indian royalty. It will never come to, to auction at any time in our lifetime, I don't think. So ultimately, what we're looking at is where is the major supply of pink diamonds coming from? And as we said earlier, that supply is coming directly from one mine in one location, which is the Argyle mine owned by the parent company Rio Tinto in Western Australia's Kimberley region. And this mine is well past its peak. It's aging appropriately. It's been open for a couple of decades, uh, almost three decades, in fact. Uh, And it started, I believe, in 1983. And of course, uh, if you're like 
us, we like to do a lot of due diligence. We wrote a report on this. I myself wrote the report, penned the report, and I'd love to be able to give it out to you uh, free of charge just for simply asking. It sheds a lot of light on what's happening uh, more recently with their ore reserves. I can't predict, nor can anybody better than anyone, what will be the number of carrots that come out of the diamond. But we do know this. Less than a tenth of 1% of all the diamonds coming out of that mine are actually pink. And that makes up a roughly 80 to 90% of all the pinks coming out of the ground every year. So if you've already bought a pink diamond, and if it's an Argyle pink diamond from Guildhall Wealth, congratulations. You're holding on to something that, you know, less than a fraction of the entire population of the world have ever seen, let alone own. So that's amazing. And that is, for us, uh, the hallmark part of why we want to own something like that. Now, we've talked a lot about diamonds. I do want to shed some light on what's happening in silver and gold. As many of you know, we have seen periods of consolidation in the gold and silver market. And of course, they can be best described as uh, monotonous. Um, Some would say that they're very hard to sit idly by and watch. But again, we're no stranger to them. And we know that out of these periods of consolidation come fine opportunities. We have an article this week, which I said off the top of the show, I would share with you called why now is the time to invest in gold and silver. It uh, is by Schroeders and Schroeders is one of the leading investment managers in the world. And it's written by David Thorpe of what investment and the Information inside of this article is provided through Schroeders by a man named James Luke. He's a commodities fund manager there, and he says that he believes now is a good time to invest in gold and silver. He said the primary reason for investing in commodities, and especially gold and silver, should always be as an inflation hedge. Given the printing of money by the world's central banks through quantitative easing, there is every reason to argue that higher inflation is coming in the near future. Gold and silver investments in particular remain very underowned, and some investors fear the proposed the prospect of an increasing base interest rate in the U.S. is reason alone to avoid these types of investments. He says, however, although past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results, the gold price, if you will recall, has tended to rise from the beginning of uh, to the end of Federal Reserve Fed hiking cycles. I would draw your attention to 2002 when we opened up our doors at Guildhall and between 2002 and roughly 2008, interest rates actually rose in the U.S. In fact, uh, interest rates uh, were far higher than what they were right now and in Canada as well. And of course, during that time, between 2002 and 2008, both gold and silver performed extremely well. In fact, both metals went up astronomically high in percentages. Now, let's remind listeners that during the entire time we've been talking about boom-bust cycles in the economy, we opened up our doors in 2002, and I'm happy to say that both gold and silver are both up over 300% during that time. So although they've gone through these cycles of consolidation, they have for the most part remained very positive. Not every year has been an average gain or loss. They've been some very big years and some not as big years, but on the whole, gold and silver have performed or outperformed nearly everything that I can think of. And uh, that is happening and that is going to continue to happen. And articles like this are just another way for us to show that there are other analysts and experts out there that otherwise invest in all assets, including stock markets, that are preaching that you need to have some exposure to physical gold and silver. So this article is another article we're happy to share and we'll put out to you. And of course, it comes on the heel of what we have been saying are the four fundamentals for buying gold and silver, which we talk about on a weekly basis. And those are the US dollar, the threat of inflation, which they mentioned in this article, geopolitics and supply and demand. One eight seven seven eight silver is that number, guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy. You know, people are buying precious metals because they want to protect themselves against what they're seeing out there in the market. And, you know, every day, if you look hard enough and it's not just uh, it, it, it is on the mainstream, you see a lot of people in mainstream uh, talking about the markets and their potential of coming down. Uh, this week, you had uh, Mark Cudmore, who's uh, Bloomberg's former FX trader, and he had uh, an article or a quote, basically, that was in Zero Hedge. It said, it's not a matter of if uh, the markets break down, it's it's when. So, 
you know, we're seeing more and more of these articles uh, talking about the fact that things are so overpriced and there's a bubble in the stock market. Where do you go? How do you protect your wealth against this? And we've been talking about this a lot with our with our client base, which is, look, right now, silver's up 14% this year. I think last year it was also up about 14% by the end of the year. And ultimately, wouldn't you also rather be in something that's undervalued, waiting for it to explode, than be in something that's uh, very much overvalued, waiting for that to implode. And obviously, the stock, with the Fed trying to raise interest rates, they're trying to slow down this this bubble in the stock market over time, and also buy them, in my opinion, and buy themselves uh, some some breathing room. If the market does come down, they can start to lower rates again. But ultimately, people are looking for ways to protect their wealth, and that's where gold and silver come in. Time and time again, we still see investors viewing gold and silver as stocks. How much does it cost to buy? How much does it cost to sell? What about the exchange rates? And we have a a lot of these discussions. We're going to get more into that in the next segment, talking about the differences between holding a physical asset versus buying paper assets, whether it's stocks or or certificates uh, in precious metals, but understanding the real assets of precious metals. But if you want to get some physical metal in your hand, go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. It's our online store. You can go pick some a few different products to put some product in your hand. We find that anyone who gets involved in precious metals in this way starts to really understand it, and then they move into other things like the RRSP holding physical metal in their registered accounts, and then eventually we also have the margin accounts through Questrade as well, which we'll get into in the next segment. And Jeremy, got two big announcements to make when we come back from a short break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver Real Money Show Talk Radio AM six forty one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Your registered accounts RRSPs, RESPs, lifts, rifts, liras, all that stuff is available to get some physical metals into your account. That is coming up, but a couple big announcements uh, are happening. Darren, what are they? What's going on? You're right, John, and on the heels of what we were talking about in the first two segments with gold and silver ownership, natural fancy color diamond ownership, and the common sense approach to investing, what everybody is doing, this is what they're changing to. The reality is diversification is being uh, altered. The explanation of it, how we diversify in a portfolio, it's all changing. And on the heels of that, I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with the Canadian real estate market. What I would like this week to do is to spend just a brief couple of moments because it fascinates me, this uh, real estate market, to no end. And I'll cite an example, which will be probably something everybody can relate to. Last night, I'm watching the news, and of course, Ontario's Minister of Finance comes on, and they're talking about Toronto's overheated housing market. And they're saying, what are we going to do to provide more affordable housing? Absolutely nothing. They're going to do nothing because he says, look, the the reality is this isn't speculation. It's a booming economy. Things are great. Meaning, you know, career positions being created all over the place, left and right, manufacturing why, jobs coming back. Why and, try to try to meddle with the bubble? <laughs> like, let it go. <laughs> That's what the government's doing. Let's mm-hmm. sit on our hands, not do anything. There's a song about that, you know, let it go. I'd sing it if I had From to. Frozen? Yeah, if really? I was a little more confident there <laughs> about God, I that, wish you would. You know, but uh, I'm sitting here talking to you, and it has a, a sincere attachment to, to me in terms of what I've done in my own portfolio and what I've done uh, with my own money. And by no stretch of the imagination of my your financial planner or advisor, nor is Jeremy or anyone at Guild Hall Wealth. That's not our job. But the report that I wrote is not something that I'm going to try and change your mind about in terms of where you put your money. It's simply just highlighting what is missing from the equation. And that's all the relevant numbers. In the Canadian housing market, we know nothing about all the relative numbers. And if you want to know more about this, this report is extensive and it tells us where the shortcomings are. I took a lot of time to develop this. And in fact, I started writing this article over a year ago. And things have only gotten worse. They've only spun out of control since then. This article will be available as of Monday of this uh, of this week after you listen to the show. And we're happy to send this article out to you free of charge. 
This isn't something that we're going to use to uh, demonstrate how important it is to mix in precious metals. This is simply just a, an opinion-based article on where we stand in Canadian real estate and how risky of an investment it has become because essentially what we're saying is that, what I am saying in this article is that there is no basis no real factual information being provided to us as investors to prove unequivocally that this all stands on a structure of very sturdy metal, that there is an underlying framework here that's going to support higher moves in the marketplace. We have no idea. We don't even know how many uh, you know dollars are going into this market versus how much debt is being created by this market. We have no idea what mortgage ratios are. We don't even know how much uh, in terms of insurance risk we're taking on as the CMHC, uh, as a banking industry, in terms of what people are putting as down payments. We have no idea how many people put less than 20% down on their investments. We don't even know if there are a huge percentage of foreign investors that could you know, run with their money to the hills if their own home markets crashed. We have no idea. But we do know that they're selling fast. And it's all part and parcel of the same thing. We're here to help people make money, too help people understand that what we offer in terms of physical gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds is just one alternative option for you in the long term and making money for you and your family and putting your hard-earned dollar to work. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, what do you say? Yeah, I think in conjunction in conjunction with getting Darren's article, and again, just contact us. Go to guildhallwealth.com. Um, you know, sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor, and and in there, just write the note to say I want to get that real estate report. In this week's uh, Precious Metal Advisor, we're going to include an article that just came out from Wolf Richter of Wolf Street, and the title, which just is, works perfectly with Darren's article, is Toronto House Price Bubble Goes Nuts, <laughs> and. You know, I think ultimately, again, the reason why we're even mentioning Toronto real estate, obviously we are in Toronto, but, uh, you know, look, we, we are about protecting wealth. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were, sh- we were talking about the fact that there's a lot of uh, core position in the silver market of, of people who are long in the market. So it doesn't matter if the price goes down, there's a core position. This was written by Ted Butler. And he was saying that there's a core position of people long in the market they're not the major banks. It's just, you know, regular guys, hedge fund guys who are long in the market no matter what. Market goes down a dollar, they don't care. They're sticking with the they're sticking with their long position. And what he's noticed is that position has has ballooned. So there's a much much larger core position of people who bet that the price is going higher. And it doesn't matter if the price gets pushed down at all, they're not being rocked off the boat. Now what's interesting is uh, the whistleblower Andrew McGuire uh, in the silver market was saying that this is most likely hedge funds who are who are in the stock market but are looking to hedge against if the stock market goes down. Now, they're still in a quote-unquote paper mode. They're not saying, look, it, to really hedge and to really be diversified, we need to be in physical assets, so let's take delivery of that silver. No, the only entity out there that's actually done that is J.P. Morgan. And there was even another article written out um, a few weeks ago saying, uh, forget who, who wrote it, but uh, if we didn't put it in our, our newsletter, it'll, it would definitely be posted on our LinkedIn group, and you can go to that Guildhall, Guildhall Wealth LinkedIn group. And that just talked about the fact that J.P. Morgan's covered if the market goes up. They're shorting the market, but they've got the physical if the market goes up. The other banks who are shorting gold and silver do not have physical product if the market goes up. And so th- the reason I'm mentioning that is, look, gold and silver are undervalued against a lot of other things out there. They're undervalued against the debt. The U.S. debt's almost at $20 trillion. This isn't 2006 where the debt is like 6 or $7 trillion. It's It's just phenomenal how much it's increased. People are putting their money into real estate because they don't want to miss out. They're putting money into the into the into the stock market because they don't want to miss out. I mean, even Art Cashin was talking about the retail investor. Ca- they've their cash component is tapped, meaning they're all in on the stock market. Where do you go to find value where you could potentially make a lot of money while hedge against some of the risks of these other markets imploding? Precious metals, but you still have this paper mentality coming to the market where. You know, I had a conversation with someone this week. He wanted to own physical. Right now he's got certificates and he knew it. He's I have certificates. And he 
but for some reason couldn't get over the hump of the costs of getting involved in physical. And what's interesting about the cost of getting involved in physical is there's really just an upfront cost, which is you're acquiring your own product. So you have to, you can't buy silver at spot price right now. I think we're around 1830 US. You can't buy it at spot price. You have to cover the charge for fabricating the bar, um, refining it to 99.9% purity, acquiring it from a refinery that has been accepted and put on the London Bullion Market Association's list, which means that product is acceptable globally. You've got to get it from that refiner who has hedged, acquired the raw product, hedged the market, refined the bar, delivered the bar to a wholesaler or delivers it to us. That sounds like a lot, but that's no more different than your t-shirt that you're wearing or the shoes that you're wearing. It's just the cost of doing business. But once you've acquired it, you have it. That's it. Whether you sit on it and it just continues to keep up with inflation or whether you look to take advantage of the market when the market does move up much higher from here, which, by the way, it's not just Guildhall that's expecting this. Every major analyst in, in the precious metal market is waiting for an absolute explosion because the price is just so low. It's got to catch up to the mean. And we're seeing when you look at how much money has been created, where the debts are, all of the other bubbles, when people run into this market for safe haven or they run into this market because of the geopolitical implications or they run into this market because they want to protect against inflation. These are the things that are ultimately going to drive the price much, much higher. But why wait till silver's at $50? Why not get it when it's sub-20? Now, the other aspect, and this is very key, it's just my opinion, but the other aspect is the exchange rate. People are very confused about the exchange rate when it comes to buying precious metals. And Jerry always says, yes, but you're buying, you're buying a, a solid currency. It's a stronger currency. And if you look at gold versus all currencies, all the currencies have dropped in value against gold. In other words, gold is up in every currency. What does that mean? Gold is up in every currency because every currency is, is printing money and going into debt. And so the value of their currencies is worth less all the time, which is why gold has been moving up in those currencies, yet still undervalued, still a long, long way to go. Now, what's interesting about exchange rates is what is going to drive the Canadian exchange rate to par with the U.S. dollar? There's either the Canadian side gets stronger or the American side gets weaker. And again, from our research, we see that the Canadian dollar goes up in lockstep with oil. So if oil does better, the Canadian dollar gets stronger. Of course, oil going up is very inflationary. What happens to gold in inflationary times? It goes up in value. So if we're waiting for the price of the Canadian dollar to go higher, we might also be looking at buying gold at a higher price. Now, if we wait for the U.S. dollar to go down, when the U.S. dollar goes down, the price of gold and silver go up. But of course, gold and silver are a much, much smaller market than the Forex market in the U.S. dollar, which means we go up a much, much higher than the U.S. dollar goes down. So it's very tough to time the market. But case in point, the last time we were at parity, gold was trading at $1,900 an ounce and silver was trading close to $50 an ounce. So we don't want investors to wait for a parity uh, situation because they're going to be looking at paying much, much higher prices. So th- it's not about the exchange rate. I don't go to chapters and see that that the price of a magazine is $6 US and $12 Canadian and I go, forget it. I'm not buying it. I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting. I don't go and, and see that my strawberries are from California and I say, no, I'm not going to pay $6 a pint, although some people might uh, challenge me on that. But you know, I'm not going to pay $6 for that because of the exchange rate. Well, that's what that's what happens. The point is, is you're buying a a strong, strong currency and gold and silver are strong currencies, even at their undervalued point. So to get involved in this market, you either just put some physical in your hand or if you if you want to use your RSP funds to do it, you can contact us by physical product. We put it in your RSP. You have access to the vault to hold it in your hand because what's our motto, John? If you can't hold it. You don't own it. Exactly. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. That's the key. 
even if even if you wanted to finance your metal with Questrade through Guildhall, again, same thing. You'd get the serial numbers. You'd have your own sub account. You'd have access to go to the vault and literally hold your product in your hand. But you could take advantage of the market then, and the fact that we, we do all expect that the market's going to be moving much, much higher. What a perfect time to get involved in this market while it's low. Starts with a simple phone call, one eight seven seven eight silver As Jeremy mentioned, guildhallwealth.com, your registered funds. Learn and educate how you can use those. And maybe uh, do some investigating, some research on a natural fancy colored diamond as well. Lots more coming up here. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM640. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number, guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy, give you some more details if uh, this is the first time, unbelievably, that you'd be hearing this show, how we get to, how we get involved. Yeah, you can go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. That's guildhallpreciousmetals.com, and you can pick up anywhere from a few silver maples. We've got uh, combos that are great for first-time investors where you can pick up uh, an assortment of physical silver bars and coins. Great way to start, great way to say, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of this. Now I understand what all these products are, and it can really inform you going forward. So again, that's guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You go online, you pick your product, you can schedule a pickup at our office where you can pay for the product. We do accept up to $10,000 cash per client per year. Uh, Otherwise, you can do uh, bank drafts, wire transfers. We do accept PayPal as well. And uh, we, we do delivery on any order over $350 US. So you can easily put some physical precious metals in your hand, easily acquire it for yourself. Uh, this isn't something that you need a degree in uh, to, to, to use. Uh, any Everybody can use the site to acquire precious metals. For anyone that wants to use their, their registered account, whether it's a, a LIF, a RIF, an RSP, a TFSA, they can hold physical precious metals in their portfolio. All they have to do is contact us. We'll help you open your account with Questrade. You can easily transfer funds from an existing RSP account over to your account with Questrade. Uh, no penalties there. You're not taking the money out of your RSP in order to do that. But we did see some interesting information this week on that note, John, regarding uh, pensions. We've seen a few times now clients wanting to move their their funds that are not locked in a pension over to Questrade in order to purchase precious metals. And just because we're we're watching the process going on, we've noticed that some of these pension funds aren't very happy to see the money mm-hmm. the money go. In fact, they're putting up every obstacle possible to stop clients from taking their funds out. And it does make you question whether or not how well funded are these pensions that they have that they that they're holding people up for in this in this case that we saw this week as much as 6 months to get their money. And you know, this is very interesting because we're seeing more articles about the fact that pensions in the U.S. are very much underfunded. And while I'm not trying to be alarmist here, the point is, is that, you know, in an economic collapse, if we see another 2008-like situation, everyone wants their money back. Well, it might be worth making a phone call to see how quick that money's accessible to you. So RSPs, we do assist clients to hold physical precious metals in their RSP. Literally, the vault is available to to go and personally audit your product. It's physically allocated, meaning you get your own account number, you get your own sub-account, and it's segregated, and you get your serial numbers, and then that, your own personal account is is segregated from all other personal accounts in the vault. So it is your product in your RSP. This is phenomenal. I remember the first day I opened up my own account to do this. I was the very first client at Guildhall, wanted to test the system, and it still thrills me, the fact that I know that I own my own physical precious metal in my RSP. Now, if you're holding a lot of precious metals outside a registered account, at some point you hold enough that you have to be concerned with the security of that. You know, it does cost a lot to insure precious metals if you're looking at over 500 ounces, over $5,000 at home. You don't want to have that uninsured. Again, use the vault. There's no obligations. You can take delivery anytime. You can go to the vault to personally hold your product or personally audit your product, but it's your product. We have no access to it because it's fully allocated, fully segregated to you. We're just the service provider of offering the vault facilities, and we arrange everything like that. And what's great about that is if you have a lot of precious metals in your portfolio, you want to know that you can take advantage of selling very quickly. 
pick up the phone, call Darren, say, Darren, I need to sell some precious metals. No problem, John. We'll get that done for you right away. It takes a few a few minutes to execute the trade. We get your authorization, et cetera, et cetera. No problem. We do not hold anyone up for their funds. This is your product, your money. Uh, it's very, very easy. So you can contact us. We're more than happy to show you how that all works. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com. Some real estate highlights, some news. Uh, what do you got going on there, Darren? Well, as I said in the last segment, there is an article that we want to release to our listeners, free of charge to those looking to find out a little more about where we are in terms of the state of the real estate market uh, here in uh, Canada. And of course, that article, which is entitled Canada, Canadian Real Estate Boomer Bust, is written by myself. I'm fortunate enough to have been able to take the time to research and develop some thoughts and opinions on the Canadian real estate market. And this is coming from a need uh, as much for myself to understand the uh, confines of where money is going and being spent in real estate as it is for our listeners and our clients. Now, a couple of highlights to this article, just so you know where I'm coming from. I ask in the article, what if Canadian home prices unexpectedly tumbled by 20%? What percentage of homeowners would be at risk of foreclosure? You'll have to ask for the article to find that out. I also ask, what if interest rates rose by 1% or 2%? How many Canadians would be too overextended to make their monthly mortgage payments? Again, you need the article to find that out, and I highly recommend it. There is a quote in here from Zero Hedge which says, Canada is an example of a country that is very open to foreign investors, which means that in an age of unprecedented global liquidity, cash-rich, wealthy individuals who are looking for places to park their excess funds can do so in its housing market far more easily than in a market such as, perhaps as an example, Japan with its closed system. That comes directly from Zero Hedge. That's an American publication, and of course, it's well-read, and uh, that's what people are saying about our our country, our real estate. In fact, as recently as this past year, Deutsche Bank published their house price to rent index, and it showed that Canada has the most expensive housing market in the world. What they estimate is as much as 60% overvalued, and they're backed by The Economist, the OECD, and many others is around that, the world. Is that is that uh, overpriced sort of on a per capita basis? Because when I have arguments with with friends or whatnot, they say, "Yeah, but uh, you know, we have a long way to go to match New York prices right. or or Paris prices." And Modern. I say, "Yeah, but we're not New York." Well, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say you're paying two thousand a month for rent. Typically, what the article is stating is that on any given time, on average, you might see between eight to twelve times the value in terms of monthly of yearly mortgage. So let's just say you're paying two thousand a month, that totals in twelve months twenty four thousand, twenty four thousand times eight to ten times is what you would get as the value of the average home. Right. Right now that's jumping in the core of Toronto as much as sixty times. So that is a ratio that cannot uh, stay over the long term. I mean, industry observers have uh, presaged for years that the market is headed for a big drop. We don't know when it's going to happen. And again, I'm not here to predict if if it's tomorrow or the next day. I'm just simply stating what the facts are telling us right now. And it's unfortunate because there is too much money going into these markets. Now, it's great if you are speculating, if you've made money, congratulations. And of course, to those of you know, our colleagues, friends that are in the real estate buying and selling game or helping others do that. Congratulations to you guys, because you've had a fantastic opportunity over the last decade to make great living for yourselves and you will continue to do so. But you must remember all good things come to an end. Yeah. And you know, Darren, the, the point you're making and the point I think we're reason why we're bringing it up here is that, look, we're, we're not trying to say, oh, don't stay away completely from from real estate. Uh, sell your sell your family home and go buy precious metals. That's not the case. So don't send us emails saying what are you guys trying to do. What we're saying is gold and silver are a great hedge against inflation, against economic upheavals, and they have fared very very well over the last fifteen years. And it is a good idea if we hit an inflationary situation or inflationary time or era in in the markets that precious metals are going to do very very well. In fact, precious metals are a great insurance policy against 
inflation overall against doc, uh, the markets falling and, and, and such. So why not have some physical precious metal in your portfolio? Uh, look, I, I have real estate and I also have precious metals. I sleep very fine at night. I don't have an issue for myself personally because I do feel well hedged. And of course, I'm, I'm not falling into any mania. What I'd like to see happen if possible, and again, we've been in the markets since 2002 at Guildhall, but what we'd like to see is people not get involved in the mania in precious metals when they've gone crazy, crazy. What we'd like to see is people have that insurance policy well before it's needed, get involved in the markets at an early juncture as possible. So just start to, to step into the water you know, feel the temperatures, get get some physical metal in your hand, go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com, get started, buy some 10-ounce bars, a couple 100-ounce bars, get a feel for what this product's about, and move up to the other type of investments like we have, like the physical RSP, like holding it in the depository, or just, again, taking more product home to, to hedge against uh, these risks that are apparent in the economy. And at the end of the day, most analysts will say hold 10 15% in precious metals. And I think as a start, that's a great place to, to look at. And in addition to what you're saying, Jeremy, I think that if we pull it all together, it's very easy to see why a number of people are taking gold, silver, putting it into the registered accounts, depository accounts, and now even using our margin accounts to finance their metals purchase, which is something if you stay tuned, we will do in in uh, in next week's show. We'll talk about it at length of how to do this account. Uh, but they're also adding color diamonds to that. And of course, we get more more than ever now, a person that comes in wants to put 20, 30, 50, 100,000 into a registered account, hold their precious metals, and also own a colored diamond uh, to add to that portfolio of wealth. So this is very common now, and we're getting more of this happening. So in next week's show, we'll spend a little more time talking about how to put it all together, and we'll talk about financing your precious metals, which right now you can do. And if you want to, uh, if you want to get that info, of course, John's been giving it all show, but just get over to the website. There you can find out more about owning precious metals. You can find out about the ways that we can uh, offer you to invest in precious metals, buy and own those precious metals. And also we'll share with you our weekly update, the Precious Metals Advisor. And uh, we're thankful that you took the time today to listen to us. So we wish you nothing but a great week ahead. And we'll wrap it for another week, fellas. The uh, the number, once again, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Yeah, do some investigation, some reading, how you can use those registered accounts, pick up the Precious Metal Advisor and the Investor Kit as well, and read about natural uh, fancy colored diamonds as well. Until next week, The Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.